Outside the Shoot would like to thank one of their sponsors, the Lynx at Penn Hills. If you're a golfer, you're going to want to check out the Lynx at Penn Hills in Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. With nine holes wide open situated along the beautiful Shubenacadie River, and the other nine tucked into woodland, this Les Ferber design is a challenge for the best of golfers. Located just 15 minutes from the Halifax Stanfield International Airport, the Lynx at Penn Hills has become one of the best courses in Nova Scotia. For more information or to book a tee time, go to lynxatpennhills.com. Hey everyone, happy Monday and welcome to episode 8 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. It's time once again for the OTC Player of the Week and we're staying right here in Nova Scotia as Cam Patton from the Canada Games Black team of the Shooters Bar and Grill Fast Pitch League opened the season this past Thursday night by going 4 for 4 and hitting for the cycle. We played Cam tonight in league, so I'm hoping he got the doll out of his system. <laughs> Great job, Cam. Also, before we get to introducing our guests, we have to acknowledge the winners of the first ever Outside the Shoot golf tournament we had this past weekend. Our co-hosts, Chris Hopewell, Darcy Campbell, Aaron Cannon, and Rodney Abbott won the event shooting 11, 11 under par. Thanks in part to a hole-in-one by Rodney who drained one on the eighth hole. Great job, guys. Now on to our guests this week. It's former Canadian Olympic team member, Georgia Tech superstar, and North Delta BC native, Jen Yi. Jen had an amazing career both in the NCAA and on the international stage. With the Canadian national team, she was the team's leading hitter at the 2008 Beijing Olympics and also was a member of the gold medal winning squad in 2015. With Georgia Tech, Jen would go on to set countless school records. In her senior year, she led the entire NCAA in batting average, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, runs scored, walks, and home runs, as well as reaching base in all 62 games and getting walked an NCAA record 31 times in one season. We'll talk to Jen about growing up in BC, joining the national team, that amazing senior season, as well as playing professional over in Japan. So as usual, grab a drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. Don't act surprised. I got soul like Jackson 5. Class, get it in with the classic vibe. I'm a full course meal, ain't no appetizer. Word, everybody gotta forget the everyday stress for a minute. We about to celebrate like we in the ninth inning. Two outs about the win the pennant. I'm waiting on my payday, like I'm living in my heyday. All right, and we're live. Jen, thanks for coming on the podcast. No, oh, thank you for having me. How's how's things out in the West Coast today? It is a beautiful day. Summer in BC is, is just the best. I'm very biased. Yeah, I was. I did an interview with uh, Holly Spears uh, prior to yours, and and she's out there uh-huh. as well. And she said it's just phenomenal out there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're we're stuck in a <laughs> in a heat wave out here in Nova Scotia. It's like it feels like 35 outside, and it's just it's gross. So wow, wow! Um, I didn't realize that it gets so hot out there. Oh, it's ridiculous at times. So what have you what have you been doing with your time since since the pandemic hit? Uh, you know what? My life has pretty much stayed the same. Oh, really? I work for a, a remote software company. Okay. So um, it's never, it, it was never like I was going to an office regularly, or I, I take that back. Okay. I was renting uh, a desk at a WeWork, so I had a place to go every day, but I didn't go every day. Oh, okay. Um, I understand. Yeah. So the only thing I had to get used to was working from my house. Right. Which um, took, you know, a month or so. Mm. But um, yeah, in terms of that, it, it was, it's, 
and normal. <laughs> right on. But, uh, you know, gym's closed, all the fun things closed, so you have to find different things to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, before we get talking about ball, I had to, I had to, I noticed something on social media about you talking about yourself in the third person a lot. And I find that hilarious. So, and there was, there was one tweet that stood out to me and it was a current team Canada member there, Larissa Franklin, who she's hilarious in her own right on social media. Uh, but she, she had this tweet that said, Jen Yi talks about how sharing is caring and the idea of sharing data to grow the game, not always for monetary gains. And then she put after it, reading Jen, Jen Yi's blog makes me talk like Jen Yi does in the third person. <laughs> Where did this all come from? Um... It wasn't my own idea. <laughs> I can't take credit for it. My friend Scott, uh, when I, I used to live in Ottawa. Okay. Uh, I was working for Combat. Um, and Scott and I became friends. And I don't know what we were doing. Uh, I want to say we were like having ice cream. Mm. He made a Twitter account for me. <laughs> okay. And it was like a joke. And he was tweeting for me for, um, I don't know, the first bit until I took it over. Oh. And... And he would and he would tweet like that in third person. Okay. Um, and it was funny, <laughs> so I just took it and, and went with it. And now I don't really tweet anymore. So, right. um, yeah, it, it just kind of stuck. Oh, I I find it hilarious because <laughs> anybody talking in third person is just I don't know, really humorous to me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so on to the game. When and where did you get your start in the game? I asked that to all of my guests on the podcast. Uh, it was, you know, it was just one of those activities to do <laughs> mm. when, um, when you're a kid, right. um, in BC anyways, out in the burbs, the, um, the sports to choose from were like soccer, softball and hockey. Right. And I went with two of the three soccer and softball. Okay. And that was that it was just, it wasn't one of those things where like, I was drawn to, you know, this, this thing, it was just an activity. Right. And, um, it grew over time. Right on. Now saw that when I'm doing my homework for Anya, you played with the Delta heat organization. How, what was the, uh, what was that program like? It was great. Um, in the lower mainland, um, of BC, there, there was, uh, there, might still be uh, a fairly strong club softball program, mm-hmm. softball programs, um, you know, Surrey Delta, White Rock, the, the names out there. Right. Um, and yeah, and you could pick any one of them and you would most likely have a good experience with high level um, softball. And um, they gave you opportunities to go, to Seattle and, you know, play American teams or travel elsewhere within Canada to, to play right. at a fairly high level. So, um, yeah, yeah. Overall, overall great. Yeah. So I saw you move to the Surrey storm in 2003. Mm-hmm. What was the reason for that? Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I needed a change. Right. <laughs> I think at the time, um, the, Surrey organization might've been stronger. Yeah. Um, and at this point in life, uh, you're starting to think about, Oh, scholarships. Um, if you're on a better team, you're going to be seen by better coaches, et cetera. Um, you're considering, uh, 
travel schedules for each club team. Um, if a certain club team travels more, like you're going to be seen more. Right. Um, and this is, this is something you see in white rock, like they're, um, they're, uh, I don't want to say famous, but yeah. um, known for, um, for exposing their players very well. So okay. I think it was one of those things. Right. Yeah. Holly mentioned that she was picked up by white rock for, to go to a tournament or something. And, and yeah, she mentioned white rock. Um, what could have been also like that in 2003 there, you got selected for team BC for the Western Canada games. Um, like trying to wrap my head around this. Cause I, I got to go to the Canada games for fast pitch and I, mm-hmm. I had no idea about the Western games. So what exactly are the Western games and how do they differ from the Canada oh. games? Oh, does that mean there's no Eastern games? There, uh, if there is, I haven't heard of them. <laughs> oh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess we we made our own games yeah. and excluded everyone else. I guess so. Like from... east, east of like Manitoba. Yeah, yeah. Ontario, Quebec, the Maritimes. You guys. Nah. Yeah, yeah. You're not invited. Yeah, you got to so wait till the Canada games. That's, that's that. <laughs> so what? What was? The, do you remember that at all? And uh, what was your what was your thoughts on that? Uh, from what I remember, um, both Team BC experiences, um, Western or Canadian mm. um, games were very similar. Um, this is your first experience with a multi-sport event, um, so like super exciting. You get to you stay in these like dorms. Yeah. I think we used a, a university uh, in their dorm um, dorm rooms, yeah. and like this is the first time you're eating in a cafeteria with with other athletes, and you get to watch other sports. Um, although I don't, I'm not sure we did that. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, multi-sport events are, are fun. Oh, definitely. Like sure. when I got, oh, I went to the games there in 97, it was it like, it was just fascinating to me, like to go and watch, you know, you know, soccer and, and diving and just these different events. And, and, you know, like you said, staying in the dorms, you got to see everybody and it was, it, it was just really cool to me, but, uh, yeah, I, I loved it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're mini Olympics. If, if you're in a sport that um, you might not get to go to a real Olympics, um, this is this is the time. Mm, yeah, exactly. So from there, you uh, you competed in the future division of the Canada Cup uh, in 2004, 2005. Uh, maybe talk about the Canada Cup futures program and may, how that helped your progression. Oh, right. So growing up in BC, we have an advantage of being exposed to the Canada Cup every summer mm. um in general whether it be you're you're watching or you're competing so um you're able to see team canada and see the best in the world doing their thing and um you're a part of it at the same time okay wow uh which is like super great yeah um yeah and um the futures is like well, back back then when um, there weren't as many um, exposure tournaments, um, the Canada Cup Futures were were more uh, popular. So you would get um, Power Five schools, um, their coaches coming up and recruiting and whatnot. We'd be on the same level as like a, a Firecrackers tournament, okay. something like that. Right. Um, so it was like it had notoriety, and at the same time, like you had the the fair atmosphere, 
uh, international softball, like very, very exciting. And um, yeah, yeah, that's only, only good thing to say about, about that. Right on. So is that where the, uh, like, like you said, that's where the schools come to come to look at you. I, like I talked to Holly about this, where she had to make like a recruitment video. You guys, mm-hmm. but did you have to make a recruitment video and send the note or, or? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I find, see, I find that, that crazy. Like if I go on Twitter now, <laughs> really? well, going on Twitter now, you'd see all like, that's how all these girls are putting out videos of themselves and, you know, tagging mm-hmm. different schools and different coaches and whatnot. And I just, I find that fascinating. Like that's how they, mm-hmm. schools do recruitment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, well, especially now, um, traveling is less of uh, is less accessible. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. So you gotta find a way, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and like, it's it's instant. Um, when we were making recruiting videos, you had to burn it on a DVD, or some schools didn't even have DVD players. You had to send a VHS, VHS? and send it <laughs> through the freaking mail. So like, okay, it stopped. And now you could take a clip of your batting. Um, session today or mm-hmm. you know highlight reel this whatever i mean it, and and have the coaches see it instantly right i mean for for them it's not an easy job now they're like over stimulated and oversaturated with content oh, um, yeah. in their face but at least they don't have to like open up the vcr <laughs> yeah oh exactly like i can't imagine being a coach now yeah. getting getting a thousand videos a day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Recruiting must be awful. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I gotta say, I, I don't envy anyone having to do that. Yeah. So how many, how many schools were you looking at when you, like before you chose Niagara? Oh, the first time around I went recruiting, um, I was looking for anywhere. Yeah. Um, I had the, the recruiting video and, um, I don't know if we did it on paper or with email at the time, right. but like it was, it was literally like, um, you're looking for a job. Like you, you just spam it out. Right. And see if you get any bites. Um, and you just took what you can get, especially as a Canadian who, um, is just looking for a place to go. Right. Um, and not willing to spend the, like the thousands of dollars that, that some schools are, are, um, requiring, um, you to pay for tuition and room and board and, and whatnot. Right. So what, what made you choose Niagara? Um, oh, mainly cause I knew someone there. Um, oh. Nicole, some was a, uh, a catcher at the time. I think she was a senior when I was a freshman mm. and, um, her dad and, and my dad were friends. Oh, okay. Um, and she played for the Burnaby organization. I played for Surrey. We didn't play against each other because she's, um, outside of, we were outside of each other's age brackets. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we knew who we, each other were and, um, they were able to cut me a good deal. So, um, that's what happened. Right on. So you played that first year there and you got named a uh, Mac rookie of the year and you broke five school records. Uh, maybe talk a bit about that first season. Usually people have, you know, growing pains going into a new, uh, a new environment, but you seem to, to be all right mm. with it. Yeah, that I mean that for sure happens. Um, at least softball is a, a spring sport, so you have a fall to like shake out the that nervousness. Oh, that's I right. Yeah, right. Yeah, getting used to college life. Um, 
but yeah, like I, I love my time at Niagara. I made some like really good friends, um, enjoyed playing there. Uh, got my first taste of what varsity sports was in America, mm-hmm. yep. which is a very like uh, foreign concept yeah. <laughs> was a very foreign concept to me. Yep. Um, and yeah, like, like overall really, really good. Um, I got to the point where, uh, well, I, I kind of knew this going in that, that I wanted to major in like sciencey things. Um, mm. but getting there, it's like, Oh, you can, you can major in this and this. Um, but we don't exactly have engineering and I don't know why I wanted to be an engineer at the time, Right. but, um, but they didn't have that. Um, so I, somewhere during the spring semester, I thought, Oh, well maybe, maybe four years here is not the best right. choice. Um, so I started to consider, um, transferring. Yeah. So you, you like you transferred to Georgia tech the next year, mm-hmm. how did the transfer come about? Was that just because you were able to study material engineering at Georgia tech? Right. So once I started to like, um, recruit or not recruit what's the the opposite of recruiting <laughs> to be recruited I, I suppose uh I, I'm in the 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 mix again okay yeah um, I got you um yeah I I targeted schools that were known for engineering um I had it in my mind that I wanted to go to a bigger school um and south right. I was cold yeah. <laughs> in Niagara Falls. Um, so yeah, I think I found Georgia Tech through someone I knew, also a teammate uh, who um, was a teammate at Niagara. Her best friend played at Georgia Tech, okay. um, Caitlin Lieber. Okay. And similar story. Um, she She's a senior when I transferred in. Um, we had a mutual connection, uh, and through that, and through my like stats, uh, and whatnot, right on what was from your... my yielded from my freshman year, yep. um, got me into Georgia Tech. Now, what was your first impression of Georgia Tech when you got there? Oh, it was amazing. Um, cause I, I did, uh, the next round of visits, um, your official visits. And I went to, I went to two schools, Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. Right. Uh, and both would have been like equally great choices um, to take one or the other. Um, and I ended up going with Georgia Tech. But um, when I visited, it was, it was like a whole new world. This is, this is a school that's probably three times the size mm. um, and so modern and yeah. Uh, this is a school that has money, that has a football team. Um, and it was just like you know, 10x that right. of uh, of Niagara. So it was really more like a sense of awe yeah. <laughs> that this is what sport can be um, more than anything. Yeah. Well, I'd, going online and looking at the facility that they have there, like, I even from my perspective, I'm I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like, so mm-hmm. I can only imagine how you felt being able to walk in there every day and, you know, play at that facility. 
whenever I go back and visit, um, I'm amazed all over again <laughs> at <laughs> the improvements they've made and, and how beautiful the field looks and the locker rooms and just just everything about everything. Right. It, this doesn't happen in Canada. Yeah. No, so, that's true. Um, a very different experience yeah now, that same year you transferred that was the that was the year you joined the women's national team uh what were your feelings on on joining, joining team canada 2007 uh right so i spent a year on the not the senior team but like a tertiary team oh okay um, okay we went to the yeah we went to the world university game so um world what's what's that it's another multi-sport event um international though okay and at the time it was in thailand i don't think softball is included anymore which is why team canada doesn't attend anymore okay i I think that's the reason but i don't know for sure right um but we were invited in 2007 um that was really cool uh it it was a year uh that pan am uh were being held in rio okay right so there was like three teams for with softball Canada, the senior team, the, the Pan Am team and my team, the, the university games team. Okay. Um, and some, some players were shared amongst the three and some were not. And I was not, I was only on the, the C team. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the following year was a uh, pretty big for you. Uh, 2008. That was your mm-hmm. uh, Olympics in Beijing. And mm-hmm. I mean, you had, you led the team in, in batting average and you had home run five RBIs at the games, maybe walk us through the, the moments of being at the Olympics. Uh, yeah. So I I don't like think about this often, but, um, so the trials were in the fall of, of 2007, I guess. Okay. Um, so I wasn't even sure I was going to make the team. Right. That was the thing. It's like I, they shipped us off to China, uh, play in this tournament. And that was like the, the, the tryout. Uh, there was a camp before the tournament and the mm-hmm. tournament itself was the, um, the test. Right. So whether you could, you could cut it internationally, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, like even from the start, I, I was one of the youngest players, like in the, the pool and, eligible to to make the team um myself jen telling and danielle were the we're all the same age and the youngest so okay um i don't know i can't speak for them what their feelings were but i was not sure <laughs> whether i was gonna make the team or not <laughs> right yeah <laughs> definitely not yeah. <laughs> um so so yeah even just from that it, like when i got the call i was like oh my god like i'm actually going oh i can um, only imagine so what I, that felt like <laughs> yeah i i distinctly remember this i was on the the bus on on campus and i was um i just like skipped class the rest of the day <laughs> and just like ran around <laughs> of course you know uh, is it <laughs> yeah. yeah um doing that and calling everyone mm, yeah. but um yeah like so from there i i withdrew from the spring semester um from Georgia Tech, right. so that's how my redshirt came about because mm-hmm. I didn't play the, the okay. spring of 2008. All right, that makes sense then. Yeah, so um, because uh, back then we centralized at the beginning of the year, uh, say February to 
honest. Right. right. Yeah. Um, you, you spend you spend that time playing yeah. together, living together, and yeah. building team chemistry and, and playing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do all the softball things. Right. Um. So yeah, like that. Like the whole year was just a whirlwind of softball. <laughs> yeah. Like this. This is your job. Like, um, and you have the eight months, seven, eight months, um, to, you know, get it together. You know, one fight for your spot. Um, and two, become this unit uh, that you hope to uh, win a medal with. Right. Um, so arriving in, in Beijing is this like culmination of your last seven months together. Um, and it, it, this is this is what you're you're here for, and you know you know that four years later you don't have another chance. So like it's it's this very like pressurized, right. <laughs> like bottled up situation um, you have made for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, in the Olympic bubble, right? Um, so yeah, and and I mean once it's a it's a very like weird feeling when you're there. Mm. that um uh, for me anyways um now were you guys opening ceremonies or closing we were yeah yeah so it's weird because you don't you don't arrive and just go to opening ceremonies the next day you, there's a few days um right. or at least we had a few days mm-hmm. so i remember arriving in the village and um you're, you're kind of like hot and agitated because you've been traveling so much and I'm thinking like, okay, I'm in this village. Like, it seems like another Canada game. <laughs> right. Like I see the dorms, you know, I'm in this like bed, this little bed <laughs> that's uncomfortable. There's all these athletes around like, okay, like it's not like there's any famous people here because LeBron and Kobe is, are staying in a hotel. Right. They're, they're not in the village. Yeah. So um, it seems very normal to me. Mm. Very um, something I've done before. Yeah. So it's like, man, like, when am I going to, when am I going to feel like it's the Olympics? <laughs> like, okay, I'm in China. Like, okay, great. I've been to China before. Right. When is it going to feel like the Olympics? <laughs> but um, the opening ceremonies were definitely like, okay, this is the Olympics. Yeah, we're here now. This is real now. Because mm. <laughs> so, the stadium is so big. Yeah. What they did was just amazing how they built that stadium and how it like kind of curled around like, like a bird's nest. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, like just yeah. seeing the outside of it was just like, whoa. Like how did they mm-hmm, how did the mm-hmm. architects come up with that design? Yeah, really, really incredible. Mm. Uh and that stadium was packed. Yeah. And I had never been in the stadium so big. Uh and to see it filled with people uh mm-hmm. that just go up and up into the sky. And it, it's like one of those things you you're trying to like look at everything at once. Yeah. And you're holding this camera trying to like capture everything at once, yeah. but you can't. Uh, one, because like back in 2008, we had those like crappy point and shoot. <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah. You're just like trying to try to like, like absorb all the things yeah. um, at once. So uh, yeah, you, you get that sense of uh, overwhelming emotion for, the first like 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then you got to like stand in the middle of the, the track and wait for the show to be over. Right. So, uh, which is three hours later. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good show to stand there and watch. You know what? We don't see the show that, that you do though. Oh, oh, well, like, yeah, that's true. You wouldn't either. 
Yeah. I never thought of that. A lot of people think, um, and one of our uh, mentors going into the game said this too, uh, that the show is, is not for you. The show is about you. Right. So you're just, you're just a player in this three hour long game. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they, they sent us a DVD afterwards of the, the real show. Um, and how uh, to see just how impressive it was, but at the time, you you don't get to see everything. Right. Yeah. So now onto the onto the actual games when you get to start playing. How like how did how was that like as far as like crowds went and like was was it overwhelming? Um, I was overwhelmed the first game. Mm. Um, that's that's the only real memory I have of the games games itself was our first game against Taipei and my first couple at bats because um, it's another like, Oh, this is the Olympics feeling um, where, Oh, I'm actually nervous now (laughs) where like the past seven months I wasn't, was maybe partially nervous, but now I'm actually nervous. um, And this is the real deal. Uh, And it's funny that I say this and, I felt this way for my first two at bats at in Beijing, but you asked Lauren the same question, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's, it was just another game." Um, yeah, and it always feels like just another game, right? So we we all have different reactions to um, these experiences, and I, I think that's really cool. Right on. Are you finding it hard physically to get to the gym these days? That was me. Hi, I'm Allie Hybers. I grew up playing sports and going to the gym regularly. But after my second baby, Leo, was born, I just couldn't find the time anymore. So I started working out from home, which I never really considered before that because honestly, I thought I would get bored. I didn't think I'd get great results from home. I was humbled. I ended up getting in better shape than I ever was before in less time. I fell in love with the different workout programs. There was HIT, sports training, yoga, dance, weightlifting. I was never getting bored. And I totally fell in love with the online boot camp I was a part of. It was a group I could check into every day for accountability, support, motivation, and nutrition support too. Being able to focus that time each day on me while the kids napped or watched cartoons was a game changer so now i run my own online boot camps if you're looking for some guidance to up your fitness level at home or you're just not sure where to get started you can find me on instagram it's ally underscore hybers underscore fitness or you can send me an email too it's ally at gmail.com the, the <laughs> following years i when i was you know of course doing my homework on this like in like you led the entire NCAA in batting average, slugging percentage, on base percentage, run scored, walks, home runs. You reached base in all sixty-two games. You had an NCAA record of thirty-one intentional walks, and that just blows my mind right there. <laughs> you struck out only six times. Was caught once, just once in 22, 22 stolen base attempts. Uh, what the hell is that? That's insane, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. I, it was it was more of a mindset um, than anything. Hmm. Uh, uh, m- more of a, you know, what happens if I just try and swing as hard as I can every single time I go up the bat? Hmm. Um, 
uh, and the lack of, um, and this is, this has been a theme like throughout my hitting career, the more passive I am, the, the worse the results will be. Okay. Um, because I think that it passive swings, you know, like I'm still going to make contact because I have decent hand-eye coordination and by making contact, like you, you hit this like dribbler mm-hmm. to to third base or, or something like that. But by, by swinging aggressively, you, um, I will more likely miss mm. but by missing you. I get another strike kind of thing. Right. Um, so like senior year was a very much like social experiment of what if I just do this <laughs> for <laughs> the whole season and, and it ended up, like working out pretty well. I'd say it did. Now, you got moved up to lead off that year, correct? I moved around uh, within the lineup oh, okay. in order to get more bats, and I was getting walked a lot. Yeah. Now, that was another question. Like, did get intentionally walked like ever piss you off? No. 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 I no. I. I mean, I don't play angry. I'm not right. Not but like I mean, that. if you're seeing the ball so well, like. I just feel like you get up there and oh, we're going to, we're going to walk in really. But then again, I guess you're a base runner. So you're helping. Right, you're right. helping running your team was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> running was fun. And I wouldn't say angry, more, maybe more disappointed than, yeah. than anything. Right on. Uh, one thing that popped out to me was the amount of home runs you guys hit that season. You had 29 and uh, Hope Rush had uh, 20. <laughs> the two of you alone, Yod homered five ACC schools. <laughs> I, thought that oh, was, it, I thought that was hilarious yeah. yeah yeah i didn't know that yeah what, now what's the story on the i come across something you, you guys had a special bat that you and hope used that season you remember that um i do i it was her bat i believe well there was that um the the line of bats <laughs> the, the famous line of eastern bats that will um forever be illegal from now on <laughs> all but, right um, yeah i remember them yeah yeah um they had so talked to them they hadn't right and they were they were grandfathered in um by senior year um, oh, okay and they weren't doing compression testing like they they are before every game now mm-hmm. um so i i believe it it was just like one of those things i checked the model and if it's good you're good and um I mean, everyone knows that everyone knew that, um, this line, if you had one, like it treated like gold, yeah. <laughs> this is only game time material here. Mm-hmm. Now, the, now the girl, the girls that were at the bottom of the order in your guys' lineup, cause you got, you guys' top five were phenomenal, but like the girls at the bottom, like Caroline Hilton, Shannon Bear, Daniel Dyke, Jessica Sinclair, Chris Jones, like they, they benefited big time. I like. Don't you think from you got from seeing pitches that season? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, like hitting and hitting is one of those things. You, it's contagious, mm. and everyone benefits from the good fortunes of others. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now the, the your last game of the season. I hate to bring this up. <laughs> the four three. Uh, now, now I have to remember what the last game is. Four three lost in extra innings to Oregon. That uh, that would end. Oregon, your... okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was the next one inning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything that, if you can remember, that you would have liked to change in that game, or was that just how it was meant to happen? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm not bitter or or anything like that. Right. Of course, you at, at the time you want to make it to the World Series or mm-hmm. 
or whatever the thing is. Um, and the year before we had make, made it to super regionals. So like we had that, you know, expectation. Right. Of, this is something that we're able to do. So why not do it again? Yeah. Um, I think I don't remember much about the game itself, but I know it was super hot. Oh, right. <laughs> and Oregon, Oregon was visiting us and <clears throat> we were, we're, we're used to it because we live in Georgia and we're used to the humidity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, like I remember thinking, like if we just get through this first game, they're gonna melt. <laughs> Oregon is gonna melt because it's so hot, yeah. and you could see it. Uh, they they're just not used to the heat and the humidity. But unfortunately, we weren't able to push the second game, mm. push for the second game, and they beat us in the first. So that was that. Right on. Uh, maybe talk talk a bit about your head coach uh, Sharon Perkins. How was she as a coach, and like what did what did she teach you? Uh, she was tough. She, um, I was not recruited by her. Um, I was recruited by Aaron Earlywine, who left for Missouri right as I was coming in. Okay. So he recruited me. I agreed to come. I thought I was going to play for him, and he he bounced to Missouri before uh, I even started. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was um, unfortunate. Mm. Um, but um, Perkins came in. Um, from Georgia, uh, the the University of Georgia. So right. it was um, not not that I really was aware of this at the time, but Georgia Tech and Georgia are very close in geography. Like they have the college football rivalry thing going on, right. which which like um, gets passed down to all the other sports. So this is like a weird thing going on where <laughs> she she leaves one one um she jumps the jumps the fence to, to come to us right uh and she, uh, she, with her she brought a lot of intensity um a lot of um the the mentality of what you do in practice should should be that much harder than what you experience in a game right so that what when you uh, show up on game day, uh, it you're so much more relaxed and it it's fun. Like you're you're looking forward to game day because you you've put in so much blood, sweat, and tears into the practices throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we were well, always... you know, I mean, everyone everyone has their own style. And, yeah, uh, true enough. Yeah, that's that's what I got at it. Right on. My time at Georgia Tech. So after after you uh, graduate from Georgia Tech, you transferred to UMass, where you went. Was it for your mechanical engineering degree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you also you served as an assistant coach there. How was things from the coaching side of things? Uh, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I was working with um, Sean Cotter, who's now at who's he at Barry now. Um, so yeah, I just shot him an email out of the blue because I wanted to train. Mm-hmm while I was um, doing my graduate degree. So I was like, okay, hey, can I use your facilities? And, you know, um, in exchange, I'll I'll help you guys out whenever I can, because um, I don't, I don't have time to be your full-time assistant, but like, let's trade some services here. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we we ended up becoming friends and, um, um, I got to go to some some games. I went out to all the home games, but um, 
yeah, I, I spent two years ish at at UMass and I think two seasons. So yeah, I got I got to experience what it's like to be on the other side of of the mm-hmm. fence. Yeah. Um and, and be a coach for a while. So so that was fun. Right on. From there you went to uh you played professionally in Japan for two seasons. Um how did that come about? What was that like? How it came about, um, I was at the Canada Cup. I, I still continued to play for the national team uh, in the summer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, right. As I was going to grad school. So the the resident agent for the, the Japanese League approached me after a game at the Canada Cup and was like, do you want to go to Japan? And I thought, yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really know what I was agreeing to at the time yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. I just knew that there was a Japanese league. Yeah. It existed, and sometimes players go there to play. Yeah, you, uh, just, you just heard you want to play literally. professionally in Japan. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's what it was like. I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, um, I knew it was a thing. Um, I knew that like the Michelle Smith, uh, Danielle had gone over there. Stacey Nelson had had gone over there, and um, you know, gotten paid really good money actually mm-hmm. uh to play softball so i thought why not um i think this was close to like 2013 2014 and i was thinking whether i should continue to play or not because i'm i'm out of college and maybe mm-hmm. i should be doing something real with my life right um but this this opportunity came about and i thought well maybe this is the time to like rediscover the sport again right and and see it from a different angle, which is very true. Did I learn to love the sport again? No, but it was a good opportunity to, to see it from a different perspective and a different lens. Yeah, culture totally different over there, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Very different. I can. Well, I I can't even imagine like going over there and just you know playing and doing your own thing. Yeah, that is, I think that's a, a oh, podcast in itself. It's, <laughs> all right very very good to, <laughs> good to know so did that affect anything with team canada while you were there no because they um take a break for the summer okay um all of their national team players play uh in this professional league so all oh, right so uh, how would they do they, they're yeah. losing players as well so they decide to break um they, they call it a break but teams are still active they they practice and yeah. and play like like friendlies and stuff like that. But the, the national team players go play for Japan and um, it lets the, the Australians and the Canadians and the Americans lead okay. to do their own thing as well. Excellent. Uh, following year, 2015, you guys won the gold medal at the Pan Am Games. You defeated the U.S. 4-2 in extra innings in Toronto. Now, that must have been pretty special. You know, not, not only beating the Americans, but doing it on home soil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Pan Ams, that was really awesome playing in Toronto. Um, I didn't have any ex- ex- uh, expectations going in. Right. We already have gone to Pan Ams before, been know, a multi-sport event before, but Toronto did a really great job of, of um, supporting it well. Um, Everyone in the community was seemed to be happy that <laughs> they were that we were there. Yeah. Um, people were excited and they were aware of, of not just like the, the quote famous sports, but but other sports as well. And 
um, they were they were just excited about the whole event in general. Right. So that is something I really appreciated. Um, the feeling of, of really feeling like um, we were playing at home, mm. and um, and we always got great crowds um, out in Ajax, which is far <laughs> from the downtown area of Toronto. Right. Um. So so that was that was really great, and yeah, like you're asking me to remember the the final game. Can't remember much. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not great about details uh, of specific games. Like right. now, now when you guys won that, like, are you guys able to like go celebrate as a team after? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because um, I know, I know from we the, were... from the men's from the men's side, like if you know if if, uh-huh. one of, if we win like a you know an ISC or a, or a Canadian Nationals, yeah, like, there's a huge party. Like we. <laughs> You know the boys did mm. honor, so I just wondered, like, f- like from that side of thing, if you guys are able to, you know, go out and celebrate as a team. Oh yeah, that for sure happened. Yeah, okay. um, I'm just trying to think like where we were uh, because we were in an area w- which that was um, uh, easy to find a place to go. Right. I think it, it was called the Distillery District, <laughs> so there were like oh, bars okay. and restaurants, and yeah. um, um, it was it's a nice place to to go out and be able to walk on safe thing kind of thing okay right on now that, that same year uh is that when you were working with combat being a bat development engineer uh probably yeah uh, yeah yeah i was living in ottawa that's, so that's so what exactly what, what did that consist of um what did that consist of <laughs> uh, so in, in ottawa um there that's where they made the bat so like that was the factory and okay. i was working in a factory so um just swinging my bats specific, all day or <laughs> no no okay <laughs> <laughs> definitely not because that'd be pretty um, cool yeah it, it seems it seems like a great idea right. <laughs> or like a great job but it it was i never felt that connected to softball right uh working in a bat factory okay um, so, so my role was, um, I was like on the research team. So, um, each bat, whether it's softball, baseball, uh, this league, that league, um, there are regulations you have to comply by, mm-hmm. uh, for safety because right. no one wants to get sued. So, um, in order to pass the regulations, um, there's this, um, test that needs to be run, um, where like there's this, like, it's probably like, 10 foot long air cannon. <laughs> uh, so you, so you like load this ball into this holster uh, of this air cannon um, and you shoot this ball at a bat on, on a hinge uh, okay. and you, you make contact uh, at like one inch increments on the bat. And as long as the, um, at, uh, the, I guess you could call it exit speed. Now the, mm-hmm. the rebound speed right. of the ball doesn't exceed blah 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 yeah then you pass the test okay um accounting for like breaking in and you know like all the normal bat stuff mm-hmm. um so my job was to to test the bats to make sure that they complied um in our lab because when we have done like all the tweaking of the bats um, we can send off um, our 
model one, two, three to um, the official lab. And they will do the exact same test that I did. Um, and we cross our fingers and make sure and like hope that model one, two, three is under the bar. Like, like it was performing in our lab. Right. And this, this doesn't always happen because you want to get so close to the line mm-hmm. um, because you don't want to sacrifice performance. So um, like, this is like, sometimes it can be a iterative thing where they send it back and um, it doesn't pass and you have to try again. And, like, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. There's a lot more into it than, than I thought in my head. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of ball shooting. Yeah, wow. <laughs> One ball at a time <laughs> at the bat. <laughs> right on. So was, uh, was 2016 your last, was that your last year with the, with Team Canada? Um, yes, World. Okay. Yeah. You were, uh, that you were injured that world, weren't you? Oh yeah. I think, yeah. Probably. Just used, used as, <laughs> Designated player, from what I um, from what I read, I anyway. So. <laughs> sure, uh, I believe you. Now you had uh, Mark Smith was your coach. Now Mark is an icon here in uh, Nova Scotia. Oh um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, and what's your thoughts on on Smitty as a coach? Yeah, I mean he took it from 2009 right after right after Beijing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like props. To, to stick with it, yeah. <laughs> to stick with it so long. Um, I, I mean, not just him, but but everyone who who joined the program after 2008 because uh, you it was so uncertain. Like, why? What's the incentive to to join the national team in softball right. when you don't know like if you'll ever be an Olympian? Right. Um, so I that's I have real admiration for for those folks who, who stuck it out right and it's sort of disappointing that they weren't able to compete this year. Mm. Um, but it's like fingers crossed that that actually happens next year. Yeah. Well, for next year. Yeah. Talking to Holly, she was, she said that like, you know, they're <laughs> really disappointed, but I mean, what are you going to, you have another year to, to prepare. So might as well go at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you don't really have a choice. Do you? No, no. So, since you retired, I understand you're like, like you said earlier, software engineer, what, uh, anything else since you retired, you've been doing? Um, yeah. So now I get to try all the other sports that I've been missing out on <laughs> my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I train, um, in Muay Thai, like a Thai, Thai kickboxing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like my normal form of activity okay so don't um, don't mess with jenny <laughs> yeah i guess so uh i guess so um yeah i i that's like i really identify with it because it, it's very skill-based it's kind of like softball mm. it's very much like softball um it, it's not about you know beating someone up right it's about um honing your craft and uh you have eight weapons um, and you have to to sharpen each skill individually. Okay. Uh, individually and as a whole, so it becomes the, the complete package, if you will. Wow. Um, and um, yeah, it's really fun. And my body has has recovered so much better since retiring from softball. Oh no <laughs> doubt. It's, it's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best. Uh, I don't know lifestyle. I guess. 
right. you could say. Um, very, you're, yeah. you do the same movements all the time, and right. it's very one one sided. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no, so I think that's that's what happened to me mm. uh, with all the problems I had with my body there in my career. Yeah. Um, now when I, I was looking at yeah, I was yeah. lo- I was looking at your Instagram account, and uh, it looks like you traveled everywhere over the last two or three years. Oh yeah. That's another thing I get to do. Yeah. <laughs> travel a lot. So it's amazing. Any any place you recommend for anyone that, you know, can hopefully travel again someday? Um it's really dependent on what you like to do. Um I love uh, visiting places that have a very dissimilar culture than what we have in Canada. Right. So like language barriers, I love that. Okay. <laughs> but anything in Asia, uh, Asia, South America, I'm learning Spanish right now. So my goal uh, when it's safe again is to, to go to a Spanish speaking country and some, sometime and, and like, actually experience the culture better because I can communicate. Speaking, yeah, that would, no, that, um, that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be amazing actually, you know, be able to go to another culture and, you know, know their language and, you know, mm-hmm. be, to, be able to associate with all of them. That'd be fantastic. So yeah. we talked about this before you actually come on. Uh, I saw you try, tried your hand at podcasting last year uh, mm-hmm. called the Olympic hour. What, what happened? You only, you only released one episode. Yeah. Well, that was the goal. What episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I, well, well, you reached that my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh, yeah. Did you find it like any, like, was it hard or? very hard I, um i i find I learned that, a lot yeah it it does take a lot of your time up i will say that because that's the one thing i learned like holy geez takes half, oh, yeah. half my day not just it's not just like making a call and talking no. with your friends no um uh so so it came about because i was like pretty active in toastmasters like i kind of put a pause on it now but mm-hmm. um so toastmasters is, is public speaking and you go to a group every week and you just make up speeches and practice in in front of each other. Um, And there's a curriculum. So uh, at the level four, I think it was um, one of the, the projects, it was an elective and I could, I could do a podcast. I was like, well, I love podcasts. (laughs) Why don't I try a podcast? Um, And um, me being like in the techie world, um, I found all the free things to Mm -hmm. to make a podcast. uh, I love like editing sound, um, videos and stuff like that. So I was all set for, for that stuff. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it and I got to talk to my good friend, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to learn all about her. It was like, the whole experience was really fun. Right. Very tedious. Yes. <laughs> Very time consuming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if I didn't have a real job, I might have more time and more, um, willingness to to make more episodes but um yeah. my goal was one episode got past my level four and postmasters <laughs> and i'm done for now nice nice well last question for you before we get going here uh any advice for young athletes playing the game um i think this is applicable now um especially is to play other sports um Mm-hmm. aside from the one you want to focus on because right. the skills transfer. Um, so that would, that would be my advice for if you, if you want to be an athlete, right. um, 
But life advice would probably be have other hobbies. Man, that, that's what I that's what I regret. Yeah. <laughs> um is is not really exploring other things. Uh, because, you know, when you're you're older you don't really have any other interests. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you're kind of like stuck trying to find things to do and, and things to be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so having other passions outside of um, softball or whatever the, the sport you're, you're really into is a good tip. Right on. Well, Jen, I need to uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, this, it's going to be a big, big boost for me. You know, I, I should get a lot of uh, Georgia downloads at least. <laughs> Shouldn't I? What? <laughs> but no, I, I gotta, I gotta thank you for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. No, thanks a lot. This is fun. This is fun chatting. Right on. I'll talk to you later. Right, bye. It's just another word for getting old with nothing on you now, love. It's just another word for getting old with nothing yeah, on you now. Yeah, chasing a dragon till I get it. I know it well. We go day and day, oh, living this like a show and tell. Adrenaline pumping, accelerating through these late nights. Addicted to the rush that keeps us up in this insane life. Red lipstick, broken wine glass. Drink away the pain and blackout time lapse. Do it all again, get your lights up. Let them know you well known. A prisoner to our cell phone. That's why we call them cell phones. It's funny, ain't it? Obsessed with success, flying high from sugar cane. Fast food burger chain, can't break the routine. Leg day, filling up on protein and poutine. They say, get it done by all means, by all means. We all fiends, pick your crutch. Living in this big world on small screen, sip your cup and play your odds. Put your dollar in the slot machine, scrub it till the pot is clean. Pick your poison, what's your addiction, huh? It's just another Catch a dragon, that's what they say. Shopping mall, surf, spending every.